Hey everybody, welcome back to Movie Chatter. Welcome to 2022. This is exciting. There are a lot of movies coming down the pipe this year, as we discussed on a recent episode of Random Chatter. But today we are here to talk about two of the movies from late 2021. We are going to be talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and Spider-Man No Way Home. This is going to be an interesting episode. Um, oh, I, I, I can't wait. Lou, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. Just we have to get through Venom to get to Spider-Man, but. Hey, hey, I'm, hey. I'm okay, I guess. Hey, did you forget I was oh, here? Oh, hey, Robin. Happy New hey. Year. Robin's here. You, you often have year. to get through Venom to get to Spider-Man. Just, just saying. Sometimes you have to get through Spider-Man to get to Venom. Ah, uh -huh. like what I did there. Uh huh. The joke was better than any of the jokes in the movie. Lou, did you like what I did there? I did. Yeah, see, I did. that, yeah, that worked. That didn't works. It? Yeah. Oh yes. So, um, first, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna discuss Venom. Let there be carnage, and then we're gonna move into Spider-Man: No Way Home. We are going to spoil Spider-Man: No Way Home. We're not gonna really spoil uh, Venom because, in order to spoil anything, you really kind of have to have like a plot or a story. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a joke. Look, I just want to clarify that, like, really, how do you spoil this movie? Carnage, uh, you know, finds a host and runs around and, and kills people and Spider-Man finds him and battles him. And, and like the end, like, that's it. There's nothing to spoil here. But we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to talk about Spider-Man. First, Lou, what was your impression? No, no, no. You know what? We're going to we're going to toss this to Robin first. Robin, what what are your thoughts on Venom? Let there be carnage. I love Venom. He is so cute. And what does so it say about Tim? As a symbiote. That you think Venom is cute. Like when you tell your husband <laughs> you look so handsome today. Too. But the criteria by which you're you're basing that is like Venom. She's setting no. the bar pretty low. Right. I mean, I, Poor Tim. I might be basing No. Timmy uh -huh. is way cute. Venom is cute. Venom's cute. He's a cute symbiote and I really liked I, all right this no. wasn't a deep movie we get it we know i mean i felt like i was waiting but through something deep i liked but... it okay. i liked all right. it it's a little slow in parts but i liked it lou yes venom let there be carnage <laughs> yes explain to us the merits of of this film i i i can't think of any uh, i mean so the credits were up. good so, <laughs> the end credit scene was awesome yeah. wow um so i i really like venom as a character me too i i love the comics um i i was collecting at the time when those were coming out I, I mean i just i love the concept of the character it's fantastic i don't like the way he's been executed in in the movies as far as the actor, the choices, the the tone of him, I don't know, it just doesn't work for me as as a live action character. I don't mind that. And I even think that Tom Hardy is okay as, like Tom as Hardy. Venom, as Eddie Brock. Yep. I just the first Venom movie was tolerable. My comments at the at the time 
were that this was one of the best 90s superhero movies ever made, <laughs> except it came out in like what, 2019? Whenever yeah. it came out. So it felt like it should have been released about 20 years earlier. Mm hmm. It was okay. I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So this one felt like the same except worse writing, worse dialogue. There was not a single funny moment in the movie. Like it kept trying so hard to play off of this buddy cop relationship between Eddie Brock and Venom. And it never worked mm. once in my opinion. And the whole movie had, had no character it, development. It had no real okay. plot. I mean, I think the thing in my mind is that I had a problem with, I had in my head how that character, uh, those two characters, you know, Eddie Brock and, and Venom, related and reacted and worked with each other in my head that was not the same as what they gave me on screen. So, it, you know, it, it's my problem. It's, you know, it, it's, okay. you know, it, Robin, 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 it's me. It's not you. It's me, Robin. Okay. So, you know, it's. <laughs> no, no good conversation ever starts. I'm going to go the other way. No, it's um, you. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, listen. So Kelly Marcel did the screenplay. Tom Hardy did the story. Tom Hardy needs to stick to acting. I, I oh he he did the story for apparently this? according to IMDb. Wow. And it yeah. just it's so the one yeah. scene in the movie there were two scenes in the movie that worked. First of all, anything with the shopkeeper. That that was great. Yep. Mm -hmm. Number mm -hmm. two, the um, the club scene, which was brief and it was funny in part because it was brief. That worked for me. And it wasn't a great scene. So the fact that that was one of the better scenes of the film, I mean, we're pushing it. I, I think Woody Harrelson is it took me a while to realize what a good actor he is, but I think he's a great actor. Mm. I felt bad for him in this movie. Like I felt embarrassed for him in this movie. And I'm not just trying to like rip it apart or be mean or, or jokes or anything like that. Like I, I legitimately, I'm like, wow, man, what are you, what are you doing? Like I get maybe wanting to be in a Marvel movie and stuff and, and mm. taking it just because, but this was, this was so, so bad. And the carnage character was horrible. The fight at the end was horrible. Um, and it, there was no other story. It led up to the fight at the end, and that's it. And then the other, like, the, I guess the B-plot was Eddie Brock and Venom basically having a breakup, and then they kiss and make up at the end. And it, it mm. wasn't believable. It <clears throat> didn't have any right. emotional weight to it. It just, it fell so flat, so flat. Like, I can't describe how badly this movie fell flat to me. So there is one redeeming quality for this movie. Okay. The the end scenes when they basically say that that venom didn't really exist anymore, and they have a chance to redo it now. I would say okay, spoiler alert there, but like it even that doesn't <laughs> like who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. I guess they could reboot it. With a new writer, and and, and and Robert, I really liked the character of him. I want, I wanted this to succeed. I really did. It just didn't work for for me. 
I even liked this version of so, the character, just <clears throat> nothing about the movie. Well, so a couple of things. First, yes to most things you said, um, but Lou, there's... Um, I, I think if the reboot theory is going to hold, then this movie was perfect because it had to tie up all these loose ends in a hurry. And so if you look at it that way, then it I'll, I'll go that. I'll go okay. one better too. Right? It makes the next movie automatically be awesome in comparison. <laughs> no, because I still like Tom Hardy's way of dealing with Venom. So, I mean, I like I like the, the concept of the relationship um, and I like mm. Tom Hardy as the actor doing it. The writing, like the script, the dialogue. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. It was really, really lame. But I love the concept. So I, I'm with you there. I, I don't want to see them replace Tom Hardy. I just want to see them replace the writers. I can see that. I can see that. Um and I'm going to agree with you about Woody Harrelson's character. Um, that that would have been the one negative thing I was I was going to talk about here. And Carnage was, <clears throat> well, I think they spent a lot of time on the brokenness of of Carnage and not enough time on um, any sort of character development between him mm. and his symbiote. Yeah, it, it does make me want to go back and and read some, you know, the original source material and see if I'm just out of left field or not, or you know. I mean, some of that source material know. was good. The stuff I, in the early what mid '90s, uh, the Venom yeah, miniseries. Was, yeah, yep, yeah. It, it and I liked it, but I, it's been you know since then that I read it, so right. I want to go back and reread it now and see if it still holds you know water with me there yeah i i wanted this to be good i th i still think it's i still think it's worth watching i mean it it's a marvel movie so yeah i would say watch it for the end credits scene but you can catch that on youtube so you know right maybe right. save yourself two hours i don't know um I mean, and and I and I I feel bad dumping on Robin, but but this, but I, I almost think that you don't. I I, I can't even recommend watching it because it's just like, eh. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't even a good okay. popcorn flick to me. It wasn't even a good mindless you know, entertainment. I will say that of all of the Marvel movies, um, and I know this is an MCU. You know, this is Sony. It, it's still the worst of all of the Marvel movies. Like it's well, there is Ant. Oh, and thank goodness there is because <laughs> Ant, you can't. Okay, see, you, you had to go there, Robin. Here we go. It's on now. <laughs> you're telling it. me that the <laughs> I'm I'm going to call them attempts. You're going to say that the attempts at humor in this movie were better than the actual humor in Ant Man. I'm just pick pick like any scene better. in this the best scene in this movie and put it up <laughs> against just the Michael Pena 
um, exposition scene in Ant-Man. <laughs> and you're going to tell me that th this was this worked and that didn't. Is there anybody out there who's going to save Tim me Tim would, here? but he's not Come here. <laughs> Fat Matic in the chat room said three out of five. <laughs> and that's not bad. That's generous. That's like 60%. I mean, it would be failing in school, but, you know, for movies. Well, just above failing. Still not right? great. I mean, what school did you go to? 60%? Well, below 60 is failing. Well, where I went, below 65 was yeah. failing. No. Wow. Well, I grew up in maybe. the wrong state. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it sounds like, um, I mean, this would be a, a pass for me. I recommend even the worst, really, of the Marvel movies, because even the worst are still pretty good as far as movies go. I feel like this was... I don't think the first Venom movie was even necessarily a bad movie. I feel like this was a bad movie. I feel like my my 12-year-old son had just a good as good a chance of writing something as good as this, if not better. And I mentioned that to him, and he said, Dad, is that an insult, or is that supposed to be a compliment somehow? Are you, are you saying, like, I can't write? I'm like, no, 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 I'm saying that most 12-year-olds don't make Hollywood movies. Yeah. And for you to be able to make something at least this good <clears throat> at your age? Yeah, no, that was meant to compliment you and not the film. So um, I, I can say that... Are we going to... Uh, I was going to say, uh, so Rotten Tomatoes disagrees with us. I mean, the, the critic score yeah. is low, right. it's 58, but the audience score is high, it's 84. So, Robin, a lot of people agree with you. You know, audience wise. Yay, the the, the sheeple out there. Um <laughs> Hey, hey. Why you gotta insult my people? Just I mean, the huh? the critics who understand wow. looking at something with with a critical eye and, and you know, finding some value in, in a film, they get it. I have to say, there is a there the deep if you're gonna dig deep into some sort of metaphysical storyline here there was a, a piece of it that you can take with you and that is don't forget the symbiote um same symbiote right is embodied by both characters and the idea that i think they were trying to drive home here is the symbiote in in and of itself is not evil it amplifies and magnifies the good or evil in the bodies that it inhabits. Okay. So sometimes you got to hold on to the bigger picture. Um, and I like them tackling. Now, I don't know that they tackled that particularly no. well, but they, they did drive that piece. I, I acknowledge that that has always been a piece of the Venom storyline. I feel like that was completely disregarded or glossed over in the film. So they, they did that in the sense that the two characters were very different and you could extrapolate that on your own. I don't really feel like they ever showcased that or focused on that as a theme. And I think it would have been brilliant had they done that. Cause I think that that, and you're right, that like, that is a concept that is kind of core to the character. I would have liked to have seen that explored more. I don't feel like they really did, though. Yeah, but I I got that. I didn't. I had no idea that that was a part of um, the character. 
paper okay. print version. All right. So of this the character. fact that you got something, you got that out of I it. I got that as a that's carryover. impressive. So that okay, uh-huh. yeah, I'll I'll concede that if you got that not knowing anything about the character, then you did pick up right. on something that the rest of us just kind of assumed, and it must have been demonstrated to some extent, or you wouldn't have seen it. So I'll I'll concede that. I mean, yeah. I mean, and then you, and then if I hearken back to the first Venom, um, that that little piece rang true, because again, same symbiote, different uh, manifestations. Okay. I mean, so there's a bright light at the end of that tunnel, audience. Yes, and if you it's get there. off of the train tracks soon enough, you'll be safe. All right, so I'm going to say no. I would not recommend this. Um, Lou? Same. Okay. And Robin, you would? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go okay. have going out on a limb, people. I felt like going out on a limb after watching this, I tell you. All right, shall we move on to <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home? Sure. Okay, now listen. Spider-Man. We, Spider-Man. we have given you all out there some time. Spider-Man. To watch the movie it has nothing to do with delays due to holidays or illnesses or the various other staff related things we've had going on. It was totally to do you guys a favor. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And to give you more time to make sure that you were able totally. to see it. Because uh, we know that like uh, immediately after it came out, the Omicron thing kind of blew up. Um, so, yeah, not. Not the best timing in the world for that, but uh, it's it's gonna get spoiled here. Like we're we're gonna we can't talk about it and not spoil it. So this was directed by John Watts, written by Chris McKenna, Eric Summers. This is the third in the again not really MCU but MCU connected Spider-Man films, starring Tom Holland. That's as big a buffer you're going to get for spoilers. Okay. (laughs) Just that was your final warning. So initial thoughts. Lou, we're going to start with you this time. What did you think of this film? And just in a nutshell, why? Um, So I went into this without knowing any spoilers. So I I, I kind of stayed away from all that stuff. Um, I went in looking forward to just a good action popcorn movie you know not expecting a ton of depth but um i i was i was happy with the result i liked the um you know the throwbacks to some old stuff the 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 tidying up of the spider-man name i guess um in in cinematic history um and i would come out of it with a big smile on my face except for a quick neck because i was down in the front row oh yeah that's (laughs) a little second second row yep and uh and and spoiler we did at the very, very, very end get Venom, who left mm-hmm. his universe at the end of the Venom movie, pops into this universe in this movie. And then immediately he, pops oh, right back out. It's like brilliant. even the MCU universe knows <laughs> that this is not this relationship's not gonna wow. work out. Uh... Robin, what did you think of Spider Man No Way Home? liked it i liked it uh there's there's one there's gonna be one little thing that stuck in my craw but um um i did i liked it i i thought it was really well directed 
um, and and really well acted. I would agree. I I think that now I did have the the spoilers going into it, um, right down to knowing that they had deleted things from the trailer, which is interesting to go back and watch now and see where they removed uh, the other two Spider Men. And uh, I I loved it. I think that it was easily the strongest of the three movies. It's one of those situations where you rarely get movies where each one gets better. A lot of times you get the first movies really good and the sequels are not as good. This one, I feel like homecoming was the weakest. Then you get far from home and it was better. And then you get no way home and it was even better. I, I really liked what they did with the story and the world building for the universe. I love how this is going to lead into Dr. Strange. I love how they used the villains. And I love the way in which they used um, the other two Spider-Mans. Spider-Men, Spider-Mans. Spider-Man is the like a the proper noun, so you can't just say men instead of man because it's the name. I don't know how to... The other two heroes... <clears throat> There were a lot of wrong ways they could have done it. I think there were a lot of ways they could have screwed it up. And I feel like they didn't. Um, they didn't bring them in during a battle scene. They brought them in during the downtime in the second act. Uh, and it allowed them a way to focus on that in a way that was useful to the story. It was satisfying to the fans. And it then allowed a way to build them into the story in a relevant way when you get to the climax. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was very well done. I would argue this is one of the better Marvel movies. And I, yeah, I, um, you know what? I liked, I liked that it didn't dwell. All right. So everybody who knows me out there, you know, I'm not a big fan you don't like beating dwelling. dead horses um well not not only that but you know we get it spider-man loves um mj but i liked what they did with that relationship in the many different spider-man um <laughs> uh series of relationships right because i uh guilty secret or um the spider-man played by not the one that I know. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Okay. Andy, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, I have never seen. Okay. So I, I needed to pick all of that up out of this, out of this. And it was perfect for me. It was just the right dosage. And that I had seen Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man also lends credence to that theory. They gave us all of these spider people um, and caught us up in their worlds very succinctly without dragging us through their entire journey again. Um, I thought that was just brilliant and uh, would actually go back and, and, you know, try and watch for pieces of that. Um, And there's other, there's one other bright shiny moment that, I can't let go of, um, which I think was just hysterical. And that was bringing in, um, and this yes. is spoiler time, right? You're safe. And this, this is bringing in oh, Matt Murdock. I, I, I got to tell you, that mm. was like gold. 
that was like handing me a little <clears throat> piece of gold. Yeah, I, uh, you know, he was supposed to have been in the Hawkeye series and they had to cut his scene because um, due to COVID, he couldn't make it to, to do the shooting. Um, but yeah, including him, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio and Hawkeye, Charlie Cox here reprising his role as Daredevil. I'm, I'm so glad that they're they're going in that direction and doing that. Um, it uh, that that was a really nice cameo. I I'd, yeah. I'd heard spoilers for it, but it, that's one of those things where you're always not really sure because they could use it, they could not use it, they could cut it out. It, it can be a disposable scene. I kind of knew the. Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire thing. But I wasn't sure on that. And when he, he showed up on screen, I was so happy. That that was really good. So I I think that, like I said, I think this is probably one of the better Marvel films. And one of the things I really liked is what they did with the villains. Um, I've talked to other people who have not seen all of the films. And, uh, and Robin, you and I talked a little bit about uh, as well about Andrew Garfield's character and, and the whole, um, you know, the moment he has with MJ uh, in the final battle and, and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I know that if you missed any of the other movies, there might be things like that that you've lost, but they do just enough in the movie to explain some of those things and make those characters relatable to one another. Like they use the opportunity of them interacting as almost a means of exposition in such a way to make them be able mm-hmm. to relate to one another so that you have some sort of an emotional connection to them. It humanizes them. Mm-hmm. And you're very much watching various iterations of Peter Parker, not various iterations of Spider-Man. And I think that was really, really important there. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I yeah. thought that was really well handled. And then likewise, the villains, I thought what they did, especially with Dr. Octopus, um, you know, undoing that thing with the AI and getting him back to being a good guy again, Mm -hmm. because he always initially was, at least in the films, a good guy. I mean, he really Mm -hmm. was. And it was nice to see that they, I guess, fixed that and then also did something useful with it for the story. Mm Mm-hmm. So I feel like though this Spider-Man um lost a lot more than the others and maybe that's debatable but I I I I knew I knew he probably had to lose something but his loss I think in his universe was more painful than what I remember of certainly Tobey Maguire's loss and uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. And then of course I didn't, I didn't know about the other Spider-Man. So um, yeah, I mean, I know they gave us a little bit of it back, but the, the massive uh, loss for him in this, in this film was almost heart wrenching. So um, to experience. Yeah. Except, I mean, you're right. There, there's a little glimmer of hope at the end um, because you can kind of mm. see that MJ is feeling something there at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. So that, that still works. Plus there's the line about, you know, hey, I figured out who you were before. I'll figure it out again. You know. Well, I wasn't necessarily okay. just talking about No, it he then. loses everything. And here's what I don't understand. Like, 
how does he get into college? Like, I thought that they were just erasing that people knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. But if they're, like, undoing Peter Parker's existence, how does he get a driver's license? How does he get into college? How does he have a job to be able to, like, I don't know, go to McDonald's and buy a cheeseburger Mm. or something? Like, what does he... What does he do now? Like, where does he live? How does he pay rent? Well, we know where he at, lives. At the end, we saw that. Okay, how? Uh-huh. Does he have a pseudonym now? Like, and how do you set that up? <laughs> it's not easy to just go create a fake identity overnight. And he's not Peter Parker now, right? Or if he is, like, how does he get those records in there? How does he get? Uh, rental history and then you know the security deposit and blah blah blah. his name's not on the lease anymore because that all disappeared right i know it's a plot hole and i know just let it go right don't overthink it well it's still him it's just he's got no connection to anybody or anything right right because he's still peter parker right right? his name is still there but it's just he's he didn't erase peter piper peter Peter Piper. piper Peter okay, but if that's Parker. the case, then the relationships that he had as Peter Parker should still be there. They should only no longer remember that he's Spider-Man. Yeah, that's a good point. I I, I don't know how to answer that. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Like, how does um, Happy Hogan not know that he's Aunt May's nephew when they're standing there at the grave? That confused me. Anyway, I mean, again, we don't have to go too far down that rabbit hole, but it it was kind of weird for me a little bit, but that's that's okay. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Um, but yeah, that was a that was kind of a big loss at the end, and it's going to be interesting to see where they go in the future mm-hmm. for that character. But Robin, you said you had something stuck in your craw. Which for all of our younger listeners out there, you might have to go ask your parents what that means. Yeah. So here's the deal. Uh, I love Doctor Strange. Everybody knows Doctor Strange is one of my favorite um, superheroes. My problem is this could have very well been a Doctor Strange movie. I get it. But there was an awful lot of him in it. And I don't know if that was... I know it was by design. I don't know if it was necessary. Uh, I wouldn't say an awful lot of him in it. I mean, he was heavy in the beginning. Yeah. And he came back at the end. But then it was like. He was exiled for most of the movie. Right. I mean, the guts of the story were without him. I don't know. I I felt like. It was was an abnormal amount of screen time for a visitor who has their own franchise otherwise like i would say the hulk in thor ragnarok was probably the only other example of another superhero cameo in a film that was that prominent but i agree like he he helped set the scene in the first act and then he disappeared until not even till the climax but until the end of the climax it felt like so yeah right yeah, um, in the chat room, you know, Doctor Strange missed two-thirds of the film. I, I think that's accurate. I think he did have a, a lot of screen time, but I really don't feel like he was a focus at all, and I don't think he distracted from the focus of the film. Right. I mean, he was the vehicle that got us to what happened, right? Right. 
I mean, he, he had to be there to set this up. And, I mean, I kind of look at this movie as this is a you know, opening chapter to the next Doctor Strange movie, really. There And there it is. There's my point. I needed, right? I don't need an opening chapter to a next movie. I needed. Well, you have to set it up. And, and in, yet, in we had a lot of movie. the Marvel films. And, and, and even more right. importantly to the comics, you will have a story arc in the comics. And this has been for ages now. And you will have, like, part one is in X Men, part two is in Uncanny X Men, part three is in X Factor, and part four is in X Force. And it's one mm. storyline and it involves all the characters. So it's not so much that this is setting up the next Doctor Strange movie as much as it is this is setting up the next story arc for the MCU. Part one is Spider-Man, part two is Doctor Strange, part three could end up being uh, Black Panther 2, part four could be Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and part five and part six. Like, we don't know exactly where all of that's going to end up. We're getting a second season of Loki. You could argue that this and Doctor Strange are setting up Loki season two. Like, depending on how you want to argue that point. But you're right. It It is, it, it's going in that direction, but I still feel like it was its own movie. It told its own story. Mm-hmm. We know that stuff is coming because, you know, we follow, we follow the industry, you know, we, we know to expect more, but the people in that universe this was a complete story for them. You had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you walk out of the theaters and you don't feel like there was anything necessarily missing. Like, oh, I've got to tune into part two to see what happens or else I don't know the whole story. Mm. Which is good. A lot of movies don't do that well. Look at Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back did not stand on its own as a story very well. It was a great second act to a trilogy, but by the time you get to the end of the movie and you walk out of the theater, you're like, wait a minute, now what? And I didn't feel that walking out of this movie. Right? Mm-hmm. So. But you're right. Yeah, Doctor Strange was. But, but you know, I think that's part of what makes the MCU stuff so compelling. And it's getting better now than it was even in the very beginning of the of the MCU stuff. Because they're so tightly tied together. I mean, you want them to flow from story to story to story because it's it's all involved, and the tighter they make these stories, the more it makes that payoff fun. I guess at the end. Right. I mean, the first the first third of the of the MCU movies we had for the whole Infinity War thing um, didn't really tie that closely together. It wasn't until you got to about the fifth or sixth movie that you were starting to go, "Oh, I get it." I, right. I see where we're going with all this stuff, or I don't see where we're, but I, I see we're going somewhere with all this stuff. This one here, I think we're starting right from the get-go, right out of the gates, that, yeah, we're building with this, and this movie's going to build into the next one, which is going to build into the next one. Um, Something DC so has never figured out. feels more continuous. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I have a question. Um, Lou, I have not seen the second of the Andrew Garfield movie so I've, I did not see the one with Electro in it and I really should go back and watch it just to finish it up as a completionist but did Electro know Peter Parker was Spider-Man because I've heard mixed uh, things you know, I, I don't know I, I, I saw the movie but it's not 
in my memory. That good, <laughs> it's, huh? It's, yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I didn't care for that movie as much. A lot of people um, didn't. Yeah. So I, I, I don't have it in my head. It's kind of like Spider-Man 3. I don't really have that in my head either. Oh. <laughs> I've never finished that I movie. I spent so much time, time trying to get that one out of my head. The, the I've started it several scene. times, but never finished it. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know. Maybe uh, people in the chat room or, you know, in Discord or... Fatmatic in the chat room says he doesn't think YouTube so. YouTube comments. Okay. Yeah. So that was weird to me. Like when people started saying, wait a minute, Electra didn't know Peter Parker was Spider-Man. So he should not have been pulled through the multiverse. Mm. But why? Yes. Was that a condition of being pulled through mm -hmm. the multiverse? Is that you knew yes. Peter Parker was Spider-Man? Yeah, it, it was. Or you were, you no, fought Spider-Man. No, to no be, it was knowing, yeah. Yeah, it seemed to be stated it, verbally. Because the way he made that, yeah, the way he was making that spell was that we're making everybody that knows who Peter Parker, or knows that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, forget that. And the people and who came through things in. Yeah. were specifically the people who did know. And filling that vacuum, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a point at which that was, that seemed to have been clarified. But then if that's the case, Electro shouldn't have been pulled through. Mm. I'm not complaining. I, you know, I'm happy to see Jamie Foxx there. I was happy to see the character there. But I don't know. Could be worse plot holes. Hmm. Could be like a whole Venom movie or something, you know? It could I was just be, it could be Venom. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> and. Evil number one I have and to evil say, number two. That so I loved the cameo at the end because it was like, yay, we get Venom here. Oh, he's gone. Like it was, for those of us who didn't like that movie, that was so satisfying. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no. That, it was like, that, wait, no, so he doesn't no. really exist in this universe. Yeah, we're nice. safe. Again, I like Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock and, and Venom, I... I just the writing for those movies. Uh, I, I'm okay with him in the role. I'm not trying to recast him or anything. Mm -hmm. Really not. All right. Um, any other thoughts on this? This is, I guess, is it Sony's number one movie of all time now? Uh, I think so. Yeah. It, uh, it crossed the $1 billion mark worldwide, like really fast. Um, not only the biggest movie in the mm, pandemic, but really it, well. like set all kinds of records. I think like the third biggest opening ever, even in non-pandemic, um, behind only Infinity War and Endgame, I think. Like it's just been breaking records left and right. And here's the other thing, too. Um, I know that, you know, it had a good solid week before Omicron became a thing and, and almost two weeks before it became a thing. And then through ho uh, the holiday itself, through Christmas. Um, but... Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to linger in the theaters for a while because there's not a lot of other stuff coming out. And even The Matrix was also on streaming. Yeah, you're not going to get a lot of the people in the theaters right now, but it's going to ride this for a long time in the theaters. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, just to answer your question, I brought up, um, this is on the numbers.com, okay. um, all-time world, all worldwide box office for Sony Pictures movies. Number one is Spider-Man No Way Home. Number two is Spider-Man Far From Home. Number three is Skyfall. Um, mm. Four is Jumanji Off the Jungle. And then five is Spider-Man 3. Interesting that Spider -Man three. three of their top five. Yeah. The worst of the Maguire? I, I, yeah, I guess. I, probably just because of the dollars it made wow. you know, based on ticket ticket prices in the day. Yeah. you Because know. mm. um, the first Spider-Man movie is... 
where is it here? I don't even see it. Wow. Okay. But because it was, you know, so much earlier. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's, I, I would have thought that Sony had better, other better movies out there, but no. <laughs> Spider-Man is one of the biggest fictional mm-hmm. uh, characters and, and I guess brandable characters in modern history. I mean, Spider-Man is to Marvel what Superman is to DC. Superman and Batman are, are kind of closely linked there. Um, when you look at uh, Marvel, I mean, Captain America wouldn't have been recognizable worldwide before the Avengers. Iron Man, same thing. The Hulk, maybe. Uh, yeah, but even the then, like, the Hulk isn't popular. The Hulk's just well-known. Spider-Man is really Marvel's uh, poster boy. You know? So I get it. It makes sense. And Sony's never going to give that character up. No. Yeah, no, they're keeping that. Not seeing as that. I've seen five Spider-Man movies in the top ten for them for all-time grossing. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're not giving that up. And that that's going to mean continued Spider-Man movies because in order to keep the character, they have to keep making movies. Right. And that's why we've gotten some bad okay. Spider-Man movies over the years. Right. It's like, well, so that they keep we got to put something out because we're going to lose this, yep. so let's get this movie out the door. It's like, yeah, okay. Okay. But, all right, I am not a Spider-Man fan. I mean, yes, I, I love the movie. I like what they're doing with it. But I got to tell you, if they're going to keep him around, you got to stop rebooting this, and you have to do something well, they, with him. They have. Like, stop. There's There can only be so many incarnations Well, they haven't the rebooted this as much story. as they rebooted Batman. Okay, and but... I'm, I'm kind of sick, I'm, I'm kinda sick of the, the Batman reboots, too. I mean... Exactly. Yeah. So... I get it. He's very popular. Can we do something interesting with him? I liked the relationship they were developing between Spider-Man and Iron Man. Yes. But that's gone. But like Lou said, they have to use him. So whether they continue using Tom Holland, who doesn't want to keep playing Spider-Man, he said, if I'm still playing Spider-Man in my 30s, I'm doing something wrong. Hmm. So when he goes away, what do you do? I mean, we know what's going to happen, right? So for those who don't know, what is inevitable, not announced, and this isn't a leak or spoiler or anything, but it's inevitable. We're going to get Miles Morales as Spider-Man. So this is an alternate version of Spider-Man. I think this was in the Mm -hmm. Marvel Ultimates universe. And uh, which is kind of, that's the universe in the comics that they kind of modeled around the MCU. Um, And that's where actually they initially got the idea to have Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. They designed that Nick Fury character before the movies to look like Samuel Jackson Mm. and then negotiated with him to be in the films. Um, So yeah, Miles Morales is going to be the next Spider-Man. Um, and then they'll play that as long as they can, but but they'll still make it work within the current universe. It's not going to be a reboot as much as it is going to be one of those things where it's it plays into the multiverse theory, and then you know that's mm-hmm. how we get that. But they will not let the character go, so there will be more Spider-Man movies regardless of who plays him, because money. Exactly. They have to. Yeah. They would be the stupidest company in the history of economics. Of companies. If they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, all right. Oh, well, that's going to do it for our Spider-Man review and our whatever that other thing was we had to watch review. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Don't be a hater. Why do haters got to hate? Stop making such hateful products. <laughs> hateable? It wasn't hateful. It was hateable, though. You got to I'm going to get it. you a Venom doll. I like Venom. Your next Christmas present. Mm. I like Venom. Yeah. Bring it. Uh. Venom t-shirt, whatever. Like I'm a fan of the character. I mean I, I wouldn't say fan, like I'm not a fanatic. I but I have an appreciation for the character. I'm always been happy with the character. Yeah. Me too. Yep. And I even like again, like I said, I like the casting. Just the writing was so bad. But that's okay. Moving on. We're going to cover the other final big I say big. Uh big box office release of t- 2021 December uh and that is The Matrix Resolu- uh, Resolutions. <sighs> the Matrix Resurrections. Well, there is so yeah. much to say about that movie. Have either of you seen it yet? Yes. Uh, okay. I'm it on Sunday. Are you seeing it with alcohol? Well, I know the answer because at some point you'll you'll uh, pause it and go get some. Um, well, I'll I'll be seeing it on a really nice oh. system. Um, oh, at my son's okay. house, so it'll be fantastic. <sighs> so, <clears throat> yeah, just to tease, it's going to be a good episode. Um, there will be good things to yeah. talk about, regardless of how we <laughs> feel about the movie. Yep. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, you would agree with that, Lou. Yeah, I mean, there's there's good things and bad things to talk about. I think yeah. that um, it it suffered from some of the same things uh-huh. that I think um, the Phantom Menace suffered from, just anticipation and hype. Um, okay. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't we, want to know. We won't no. say anything no. else oh, sorry, about sorry. it yeah. other yeah. than um, to just to say that uh, we will probably also have a discussion episode of Random Chatter where. Mm. We talk about some of the concepts that were introduced about um, about film yeah. consumption, just like about us as consumers. So we're going to review the movie in the next episode of Movie Chatter, episode 262, and then we're going to do an episode of Random Chatter where we talk about um, how we approach media consumption as consumers based on the ideas presented in this film. Yep. And speaking of that, I was happy to see it on my on my new television. Oh yeah, so I, I upgraded my screen this year to a seventy five inch four uh, K. I hadn't had four K wow. until now. So okay, yeah, very nice. I've got like a I think forty five inch four K. Yours is bigger. Yeah, it's a big big upgrade. Went from fifty five to seventy five. I was like, yeah. Ooh, I was gonna say you screen. already had a big TV. I I remember. Yeah. 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 So uh, the the fifty five inch what is that like now your your secondary monitor for your iMac is that oh I wish no it's gonna go in the bedroom I gotta, uh, I just got a mount for it to put on the wall there you go it's replacing a thirty two inch in the bedroom I think nice yeah so where you go and sleep now you just you won't you'll watch TV yeah instead. exactly watch TV instead like yeah. of all the places even in the bathroom I could see like there being a purpose but I just I've never understood the TV in the bedroom thing I don't know really yeah. Oh my, oh my god. god, I can't, I can't not live. have a TV oh in the god. bedroom. I can't yeah. live without you go to sleep or other like non TV activities. Well, you watch the news before you go to bed. You, oh my you gosh, know. why would you do such a yeah. thing? How do you sleep? I, yeah. 
like a oh, baby. Oh, well, let me guess. You watch all of like the happy, fluffy puppy news that comes out or something. There is no happy fluffy That's puppy That's exactly news. what I'm saying, Lou. <laughs> I sleep I have right. a happy I sleep puppy. very well. The world is coming to an end. Will, sleep I will, well. I will race any of you to sleep. I will. I, I, I'll win that battle. Oh my gosh! And but win. the new. Yes. Oh, the last thing I would do before going to sleep would be watch the news. I, late night. I, I would watch late night. Well, I don't watch the news, but we we watch things and fall. Asleep. Why not watch it on the couch and then like you have to walk ten feet to your bedroom, Robin, and it, like. Well, no, but the thing is, if you fall asleep on the couch, you got to wake yourself up. Don't fall asleep while you're watching it. Because if you're falling asleep while you're watching it, you don't need to have the TV on. This is movie chatter. This is not TV chatter. Okay. Yep. You're right. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to go to randomchatter.com and uh, check out all of our podcasts there. And I do have to point out that Guardians of the MCU did a review of Venom Let There Be Carnage and they gave a very favorable review. So. Oh. That's because it's a very... I should, don't uh, know how much alcohol was involved, but... <laughs> there wasn't. But uh, there's an opposing viewpoint there and you should go check it out. You know, we want to support all kinds of different perspectives on the content we cover yes. here. Even the ones that are the wrong. MZU, they're very smart. Usually, very which is why I'm confused people. as to what happened here. But yeah, we support all opinions, though, even the ones that are the wrong, wrong ones. So, yeah. Yep. Wow. Exactly. Wow. So you're saying the folks on Guardians of the MCU? How were can wrong. you see I'm gonna have how right we are episode, if you yeah, so don't, don't, by know. comparison, get to see how <laughs> wrong the others are? Well, I know what I'm going to be talking to somebody about. Uh, okay. Yeah. Tell Tim we said hi. But okay. Guardians of the yeah, MCU, they also do a review of uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage. So make sure you check that out. And Spider Man uh, No Way Home. Check that out, too. Uh, and we've got other podcasts over at randomchatter.com. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, keep in mind, you're not getting the whole network here on YouTube. Only some of our shows are on YouTube, but the rest, randomchatter.com. Likewise, if you're listening to the audio show, and you would like to watch the video, head over to randomchatter.com slash YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Hopefully hit the like button. There's a notification button there you can click. So you get notified anytime we go live or post new episodes. There's a lot of buttons there. Just make sure you hit the right ones. Okay? It's not it's not too hard. Uh, and uh, that's it. We're going to be back on Sunday night with another uh, episode covering the Book of Boba Fett. And uh, some more reviews of things we've been watching. In fact, we're going to do our 2021 um, reflection episode. We're looking back on 2021 and just kind of letting you know what you might have missed and what you might still want to check out. Uh, We're going to be doing that on Sunday as well. And then we will be back next week on Tuesday with Matrix Resurrection. So make sure you watch it before then. It's on HBO Max. You don't have to go to the theaters to get it. Okay, and we will see you again in a week. Until then, take care.